But uh, how many are ready for Christmas? You're ready. Like, you're ready to go. How many got gifts already? Gifts? Already, already bought all your gifts? How many procrastinators unite? Did not, you, you still got some shopping? Anybody? A couple people? All right. How many have wrapped them already? They're wrapped? They're ready? Who's, who needs to still wrap? Who still needs to wrap? Okay. All right. How many open your gifts on Christmas Eve? Open gifts on Christmas Eve? How many open gifts on Christmas Day? Christmas Day? Okay. Y'all are terrible to y'all's children, man. That's... My family did Christmas Eve. I was so thankful for it. And uh, how many know your kids are going and looking at what it is before that anyways? And so they open it up like, oh, RC car. I didn't know. So excited you're here. You know, gift giving is a big part, of course, of the Christmas celebration. We celebrate gifts and giving gifts. Last week in our, our message, we talked about stress. And one of the things that you shared was the most stressful parts of Christmas was actually buying the right gift. And, uh, and giving gifts and all that that comes along with that. And, and so I, I was actually reading something online this week. It's, how many of you in here do Elf on the Shelf with your kids? How many do Elf on the Shelf? Yeah, a couple of y'all do. It, you know, Elf on the Shelf was created, as you know, uh, to get your kids to behave. I mean, that's, that's what it was. If you don't know anything about it, you can go Google it. But it was, I, I found a new modern version of how to get your children to behave during the Christmas. They said, this, this is what you do. You take, you take empty boxes and you wrap them and you put them all under the tree and you put your kids' names all over it. It, and when they start acting up, you throw it in the fireplace. Throw one. <laughs> Come on, I mean, no, I'm taking that one next year, right now. <laughs> oh, you want to disrespect me? Look at this one. It jingles. Throw it in there. Just let it burn. Just let it burn. I think, don't do that. That's terrible parenting. Don't do that. <laughs> but I may do it next year and film it, and I'll let y'all know how it goes. It'd be awesome. So uh, Christmas is an incredible time of year as we, of course, as we give gifts. And you know, in the idea of gift giving, a lot of the gifts that we give are temporary. How many, how many, let's just be honest, how many of you look around your house right now and your house is filled with things that you gave last year or years before or people gave you that you don't use anymore? Anybody in here? You know, that iPhone that you give this year, how many know in February it'll be out of date? Uh, those Jordans that you bought, they'll be out of date. The, the things that we give our kids, oftentimes they either don't play with anymore or they go out of date. It's very rare that our gifts go beyond even a year. And because they're oftentimes, they're just temporary. And this Christmas, as I was preparing for today's message, tomorrow's message, I'll have a different message for tomorrow, but for today's message, I just really felt like I wanted to share with you something about gift giving because oftentimes in our culture, we're giving gifts and it's great. And, and really, we give gifts because Christmas is all about God giving us the greatest gift ever. And, uh, and if you got some notes, I, I want you to follow along with me. You should have received some notes when you walked in today. I want, I want you to look at this first verse that we're looking at. This is really where it came from is in, in Luke. Let me, let me show you what, what it says in Luke. Can, we, can y'all put the, that scripture up for me? All right. There we go. We're going to get there. All right. Luke chapter 2. We'll find it. I'll read it. I'll read it from here for right now. Luke chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. And she wrapped him. She wrapped him. One of the greatest gifts we gave, of course, was Jesus that came. He was a wrapped gift. And you and I are giving wrapped gifts probably this, this Christmas as well. But our gifts that we give are temporary. What would it look like if we gave gifts that kept on giving. And that's what I want to talk about today, the gifts that keep on giving. Because a lot of what we're giving this Christmas will not keep on giving. It'll, it'll end in the coming months or years, but it's going to stop. 
It's either going to get thrown in the trash or it's going to get sold off to somebody or something's going to happen. You're not going to have it anymore. But what would it look like if we kept giving gifts that just kept on giving and giving and giving? So this Christmas, I want to, I want to help you with four things that I think that you and I can give that will go beyond just something that's wrapped underneath a tree. And so if you're taking some notes, I want you to write this first thing down. The first gift that I want to talk to you about that keeps on giving is the gift of encouragement. The gift of encouragement. How many know we all need encouragement? We live in a day and age where people are so discouraging. Social media is so discouraging. Our news is so discouraging that, that courage is getting pulled out of us. And how many know we need some courage to live the life that we're living right now? Come on, how many know parents, you need some courage to be a parent? You need some courage to be a follower of Jesus. You need, a, you need some courage to have a business in this day and age. You, you got to have some courage. And there are a lot of people right now that are extremely discouraged. You know, the holidays for many of us are a time of joy and cheer and excitement and family. And for others, it's a season where it's not so much. I just, I just talked with a lady and her daughter in our 8 a.m. service. Their, her husband was tragically killed in May of this year. This is the very first Christmas that she's going to have without her husband, and she said, I'm just ready for it to be done. I'm just ready to go into the new year. And, and that's actually more of us than I think we give voice to, that there's many of us that Christmas can be a discouraging time, whether it's a loss of a loved one, or finances are rough, or you have some tragedy that you've gone through in your life. And so one of the greatest gifts you can give this Christmas is just to be encouraging to those around you, that you speak courage into people. Well, you may, well, well who do I encourage? Well, can I, can I tell you this? I, I love what Truett Cathy said. Truett Cathy was the founder of Chick-fil-A. Come on, God's chicken. Right there, God's chicken. They, they're not in operation. How many of you have gone and you get, go to get a Chick-fil-A on a Sunday afternoon, you're like, dang it, there's not open. How many, anybody in here? I've done that. Uh, man, I'm glad you honor God, but I really would like a chicken biscuit right now. And so, uh, Truett Cathy said this. This is what he said. Watch, watch, watch. He said, how do you identify someone who needs encouragement? That person is breathing. That person is breathing. Now, we're just people that just are constantly encouraging. Listen, right now in this packed room, there may be people sitting on your row that are more discouraged than you even know. Because how many know we can fake a Sunday smile? But we go home, and life's not as good as we portray to people. And so people need some encouragement. This is actually what Scripture said. Watch what Ephesians chapter 4, it says it this way. Let everything that you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be a what? Come on, everybody say that. Say it with me. An encouragement. Your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So I am declaring that this Christmas, you have a new title. You are the CEO of Christmas, the chief encouraging officer of Christmas. That's your role this Christmas. You're going to walk into your Christmas family parties with all their dysfunction, and you're going to be the most encouraging person there. Every, all the little bah hog, humbug, bah hog. <laughs> I might be a little off, but that's all right. So you're going to walk into those Christmas and everybody who's got something to say about everything that's always critical and always discouraging, you're going to go up in there. And you're just going to encourage people. You're going to encourage your family. You're going to speak words of life over them. And this is the gift that we can give to our children. We can give to our spouse. How many know this is a gift you can give to your haters? Those are the best people to give it to, by the way. The people that you know you're going to have to see them this Christmas, and they don't want to see you. And you're like, man, your hair looks so good. She'd be like, 
Your face doesn't, but your hair does. Your hair looks good. Come on. You know, just, just be encouraging. Just be encouraging. Be an encourager this, this Christmas. You know, I'm standing on this stage because people have encouraged me in, in, in life. I, I just started this, just actually this year. You know, over, over, the, over the course of years, people, you know, will text encouraging things to me here and there, whether it's a, a text message or a Facebook message or see me in person or, and, and I've actually, I have a, 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 an app on my, on my phone and on my computer that I keep notes in. And I have a note that's called encouraging words for me. And it's actually a list of, of encouraging things that people have said or text me or life-changing stories. And, and I have a laundry list of people and the date that they sent it and their name and who it was. And I can't tell you how many times I've gone back to that when I've been depressed, when I just want to quit on a Monday, when I'm just done. I go back to that and I just read those words that just continue to speak life back into me. Not just what God says to me, and that's huge, it's the most important, but what even, how I many you know, some people, life-giving words, you don't know what that does to somebody. It's so encouraging for us to, to speak life over people. And so I want to put this into practice. We're going to do something a little bit different this Sunday. We're going to put things into practice. I don't like preaching messages that you just write down notes and then walk out and nothing happens. I, I think what happens on Sunday should impact the way we live on Monday. Amen, somebody? And if it doesn't, then let's just shut these doors. And so I want to try it. We're going to practice here, okay? We're going to practice before you go and you have to sit with your crazy aunt at, at dinner. I want, we're going to practice here. What we're going to do is I'm, I asked the production team to help me. We're going to put 60 seconds on the clock, and I want you to find someone near you, beside you, behind you, in front of you, and I just want you to encourage them. It could be like, your hair looks good. It could be, I'm, thank you, you make our road look good. It could be, I pre we could get a little deeper, depending on how you know them. Are you single? Would you like to go out? I mean, so, <laughs> do y'all want me to raise the hands of every single person? No, we're not going to do that. Okay, so, all right, this is your moment. If, if you're not by somebody, which I think everybody is by somebody, you can text somebody right now or Facebook message somebody, but we're going to put 60 seconds. All right, ready? Go. Just find somebody. Encourage them. Come on. If, you, if it's your spouse, encourage them. Come on. Find somebody not getting encouragement. Go encourage them. Give some love. encouragement people all right we're just an encouraging church come on how many that feel good yeah. just feel good this feels good feels good it's a gift that can continue to give I read I read a story of, of uh, Abraham Lincoln when he was when he was killed they were taking all of the clothes off of him and uh, right now his clothes are actually in, a, in the in the museum right now and inside of his coat pocket when they pulled it out it was a it was a, it was a newspaper clipping that said Abraham Lincoln is the greatest statesman this country has ever seen and he kept it inside of his pocket 
just to constantly remind himself of what people thought about him. And listen, a lot of people will say discouraging things about you. I mean, I know that's why it's important to get around some life-giving, encouraging people. I hope you feel that way every time you show up in this church every Sunday, that you walk out of this place just feeling encouraged, feeling hopeful, feeling that God loves you, people love you. It's not the end. You're not too far. Come on, somebody. We're going to be life-giving church. We're going to be a life-giving church. Number two, the second gift that keeps on giving is the gift of prayer. Prayer is simply, of course, talking to God, but really more than that, it's us transferring the burdens of this life and us giving those to God. Prayer is something that's so easy for you to do, just like I'm talking to you and just like you just were talking with the people beside you, we can do the exact same thing to God, that God wants to hear what's going on in our heart. Well, what do I talk about? Whatever's on your heart, because what's on your heart's on his heart. And prayer is such a huge thing because here's a great thing. See, encouragement, you might need somebody close to you to be able to encourage them. But you know what? You can pray for somebody that's not even by you. The, the, the Bible would call this interceding, that you can pray on other people's behalf for them. I mean, I, I've had people that were praying for me that I didn't even know that were praying for me, but I felt the powers of the prayer because how I many know prayer works? It works, it works, it works. Anybody in here a product of prayer? JJ and Esther and I were at the school board this week uh, meeting with some of the, the people there to try to get them in the schools here and see what all we need to do before uh, January 7th comes around for the, the next semester of school. And we're walking out and we're talking to some people and one of the girls there that I know really well, she was like, remind me of your kids' names. And I was like, well, I got Josiah, he's 14, then I got Judah, he's 10, and then I got Joel, he's 8. And, and, a, and a, a lady was, was over, overhearing what we were saying. She said, Joel? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, Joel what? I said, Joel Belt. She said, oh my goodness, I have prayed for that little boy so much. How's he doing? I said, he's doing incredible. He's in third grade at Hathaway now. He just finished his soccer season. He's loving life right now. And she was like, oh my God, that just blesses me. He's a miracle, isn't he? I said, yes, he is. And I said, you know what? It blessed me so much that you would pray for my son. She said, I pray for him all the time. Come on, prayer works. We just had a pastor stand on this stage that could tell you that prayer works. Prayer works. I got a grandmother that prays for me constantly. How many know you can't run from those? Dear God, you could be doing something stupid and all of a sudden God just slaps you. It's actually your grandma. Your grandma was praying stuff. You just got total strange. They come up and slap you. That was from your grandmother. She just wanted to tell you. She's praying for you being stupid. So a couple weekends ago, I, I was preaching at our, our Freedom Conference, and um, it was the first time I ever preached there, and I knew it was going to be a really big deal. And, and so I texted my grandmother right on my way there. I said, can you really pray for me? We've got like 600 people. I get, this is my first opportunity to really uh, preach at our Freedom Conference. And she was like, done. Got it. You're going to kill it. And I, uh, I was like, I hope I don't kill anybody. But I, was, I don't know if she used those words. I don't know if my grandma, I called her G-ma. You're going to kill it. I don't think she said that, but it was, that was my translation, okay? But I can tell you right now that I'm a byproduct of a praying grandmother, praying mom, a praying wife. The people have really prayed for me. And I'm going to tell you all, many of you are byproducts of people praying for you. I mean, many of you walk in here and you're like, I, I did not know he was in your church. I said, yeah, somebody prayed for him. How many of you see some, don't point right now, but... You've seen some people in here, you're like, he's in church, that gotta be God. I'm telling you, prayer works. This is what scripture says. Watch what James chapter five says. It says it this way, tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. 
I love this because it's, it's not the, the, just the rituals and the, the, the monotone, just uh, we're just going to pray the same thing over. It's, it says, no, listen, the passionate, heartfelt prayers of godly people, they literally are like the, 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 the key that unlocks the door for God to release. Look, he releases power. It's almost like God holds back on things until his people start praying. And when his people start praying, he's like, boof. Which is, by the way, why we spend the first month of the year, we spend January and August of every year spending devoted times as a corporate church to pray. We're going to do seven days of prayer starting January 8th through January 15th. And uh, we're going to spend seven days. We're going to do corporate prayer. We'll do prayer on Facebook so people can join in with us. And then the weekend after that, we're going to have three nights called Spiritual Renewal, where Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night, we're going to have some services here, and we're going to pray for people. We're going to believe. We're going to trust God. How many of you have been a part of those, those 21 days or the seven days? Of, how many? It's powerful. It's powerful. I'm telling you. I, and I hope you'll come back for that. We'll do the habit series. We'll talk about the importance of God's word and prayer and what that looks like. And you're like, man, I really don't pray. Come, we're going to teach. It's way simpler than you think it is. And it's way more fun than you think it is. Because when you start seeing God work and you know that you had a part to play in that, man, I've been praying. I've been praying for you. I, I have a thing and I, I've, I've taught a lot of our guys this. I have a thing called a hit list. It is a list that I actually have of people that are far from God that I pray for constantly. And it's amazing how over the course of the years, how I'm slowly able to start knocking these names off of because they're giving their life to Jesus. And I've had different guys in our church come up to me and go, that guy, he's on my hit list. <laughs> I'm like, Blamo, come on, we're going to believe. And it's incredible to see God work in people's lives. And so listen, if you can't be with people, if you can't encourage them personally, maybe you can at least start praying for them. Start believing for them. Look, look what 2 Timothy chapter 2 says. I urge you, first of all, that the first thing that you should do is that you should pray for all people. Now, this is why we have a kind of a mantra here at our church called Pray First. So we actually just got a bunch of our new Pray First bracelets in. They're at guest services, so they look like these little black ones right here. And so we give them all away. The they're, they're absolutely free for you. Um, but it's a reminder that anytime I'm going through things, that I need to pray first. I don't need to tweet first. I don't need to post first. I don't need to vent first. I don't need to do any of that first. I need to pray first. And I, and I definitely need to make sure that I'm praying first for people. Watch this. And I need to ask God to help them. Come on, how many know some people that need some help? Don't look at them. And um, <laughs> watch, it says, you need to intercede on their behalf. That word intercede is I'm praying for such and such. I'm praying, they might not even know I'm praying for them, but I am praying and believing God for them. And so I want to intercede on their behalf and I want to give thanks for them. We want to be a church that's, that's praying for lost people, that's, that's praying for hurting people, that's praying for those that are around us, praying for those who have hurt us. Who do you know in your life right now that needs God's help? Listen, uh, one of the things you're going to learn real quickly, if you haven't figured this out, is you can't change people. You can't change your spouse. You'll figure that out one day. You're not aiming to me right now, but you'll figure it out real quick because you think you can. But you're going to come to a place where you realize, I can't change her. Here's the beauty of it. But you can't change you, and you can pray for them. And so we'll get into that in February when we start talking about relationships. But there, there's such a power in praying. Come on, how many know praying over our children? 
If you've got children that are far from the Lord or just being extremely disrespectful or extremely rude, that you can really pray and God can change their hearts. I'm telling you, God can do things that you can't do. And so one of the greatest gifts we can give this Christmas is to pray. Give the gift that keeps on giving. And so I want us to, yet again, let's put this into practice. So I want you to think right now about the person that needs help the most. Who's that first person right now that you think of? It could be someone who's got a sickness. It could be someone who's, that you've got some issues with. It could be someone that you know that's just going through a really hard time this, this Christmas holiday. It could be whatever it is. You got, you got them in your mind? Okay. Now, Father, we pray, Lord, for all of these people right now. God, I thank you so much for every person that you have laid on each one of these hearts. I pray, God, that, that you would remind them that you have an amazing plan for them. And whatever that they're going through right now, God, I ask you that you would give them your perspective, that may they see you in the midst of whatever it is that they're going through. God, I pray your blessings on them. I pray your favor upon them. God, I pray for your healing. God, if they're sick, I pray that you would heal them. God, if they're lost, I pray that you would find them. God, if they are depressed, I pray that you would encourage them. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would meet them right where they are. I pray for the tangible presence of Jesus to flood them wherever they are right now. God, may they know that you love them, that you have a plan for them. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give them your perspective. I pray, God, that they would know that you cause all things to work together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And God, we give you advanced praise for all that you're going to do in their life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 It's that easy. It's that easy. That as people, listen. Have you ever been working through the middle of a day, whether you're doing laundry or at work or you're just driving a car and somebody pops into your mind? You ever have that? Happens to me all the time. You know why God does that? For two things. One, for you to pray for them. And then two, possibly for you to reach out to them. I cannot tell you how many times God has put somebody on my heart. I'm like, why am I thinking of this person while I'm taking a shower? What's going on? And I get out of the shower and this is no lie, I go directly to my phone and I'll either text that person or call that person and just say, hey, I was just thinking, God just put you on my heart, I just want you to know I was praying for you. I don't tell them I was praying for you in the shower, but I was praying for you. <laughs> and, and I cannot tell you how many times I've had people respond, you don't know how much that means right now. Like you just don't know. And when, when, when people get on your heart, that's the Holy Spirit. He is, he is prompting you to do something. And so let's give the gift of prayer. You go to that Christmas function over the next couple of days and you run into your aunt or uncle or your you know, friend or whoever that is and they're just starting to share something that's really heavy on their heart. This is what you do. Can I pray for you? When they get their jaw picked up off of the floor because you never say that and then you actually pray for them and don't realize how much that actually means. I'm trying to give you some gifts that's going to keep on giving, real gifts. Number three, the gift of a second chance. The gift of a second chance. This may be one of the hardest. We could also say the gift of forgiveness. Uh, I, I've shared this illustration a couple of times, but I think it's one of the, one of the greatest ones when we talk about forgiveness, because here's what I want you to understand. The gift of a second chance is not just a gift for them, it's actually a gift for you. Listen to me closely. So, in Africa, uh, there are these monkeys, ringtail monkeys, 
Look, this is, a, this is a picture of it right here. This is like some lemurs there. Look at that. Come on, somebody. I like to move it, move it. I like to, y'all see that? <laughs> uh, that's JJ's pet right there. And so, uh, so these, these, some would say, so these retail monkeys are, are very nimble, very fast. It's very, very hard to catch them. And so the Zulu natives figured out the greatest way to actually catch this was pretty clever, that these, these little guys love... Uh, melons, seeds that are in melons, they love that stuff. So they're always, you know, picking that off of vines and trees and everything. And so the Zulu natives figured out a plan that they would cut these melons, take all of the seeds out of it. They would drill a hole inside of a, a tree. They would place these inside of the tree just big enough for that monkey to get his hand in there. And then they would grab it. The problem is it was only big enough for them to put their hand in. When they grabbed it, they couldn't pull their hand out. But they wanted this so bad that they wouldn't let it go. And so the Zulu natives could just go and catch them and pin them because they wouldn't let it go. Sounds like a lot of people when it comes to forgiveness. That because you won't let it go, you're actually the one in prison, not them. And God is wanting this Christmas to be a Christmas where you let it go, let it go. Don't let me get into my soundtrack, okay? So, this is a season, listen to me, this is a season of a second chance where you give other people a second chance. Here's why. Why do we give people a second chance? Because God gave you one. Like a lot. The only reason we don't give forgiveness to others is that we forgot how much God's forgiven us. It's the only reason. You think that what people have done to you is worse than what you've done to others. Wrong. Now I know, listen, well you don't know what they've done to me. I don't know, but I know what they did to Jesus. And I know that while he was on the cross, he was saying, Father, forgive them for they not know what to do. God, give them a second chance and a third and a fourth and a fifth. How are you glad that God didn't stop with just the second chance? He continued to give you chance after chance after chance after chance. Some of you are here in church because you're wanting God just, God, I need a second chance. Thank God we serve a God of the second chances. But we've also got to be the people of the second chance. That when people hurt us or they do things to us, that we would give them this because it's a gift that really honestly frees you. Matthew chapter 6 says it this way. Watch. If you forgive those who sinned against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Now watch. But if you, what's that word? Say it again. If you refuse to forgive others. Notice it didn't say if you can't forgive others. This is saying that you can, but you've got the choice if you want to do it or not. What, this is what you're saying. No, I just refuse not to. Mm -mm. I could, but I'm refusing not to. And if you refuse not to forgive your wife or your husband or that family member or that boss or that employee, or if you refuse not to forgive them, then just guess what? Your father will refuse to forgive you. So we want to be a people of the second chance. Pastor Josh, I think, I've, I think I've forgiven everybody. I went through freedom six times. I think I'm finally, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, let me ask you this question. If someone was to walk into this, into this church right now and your level of Christmas cheer was to drop significantly, that's the person. Who is that? That if you looked across the row and you're like, oh, I didn't see them. And then all of a sudden, your level of love, joy, and cheer just drops significantly. That's the person that God is wanting you to give the gift of a second chance.
It might have been someone on the way here to church today. It might be your own spouse. It might be kids. But God wants you to give the gift of a second chance. So for many of us, it's, it's hard to give some encouragement. It's maybe hard to give prayer. It's hard to give a second chance. But I want to offer you a gift that makes all of this easy. Because the fourth gift actually empowers you to do the first three. If you don't have the fourth, you actually can't really do the first, the second, and the third one very easily. And the fourth one, listen to me, the fourth one is the gift of salvation. The gift of salvation. That the story of Christmas is all about salvation. Salvation is what Jesus came for. See, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, but don't mistake it. The only reason Jesus came and was born in this earth so he could go die on a cross. That's the only reason so that he could save. Watch what scripture says. Scripture says it this way in Matthew chapter one, verse 21, it says, she will bear a son and you shall call his name. Everybody say that name. Come on, let's say like we mean it. Jesus. You're going to call his name Jesus. For he will, here's, here's his purpose, he will save his people from their sins. That this tiny little baby that was born into a dark, dingy manger scene would one day be the savior of the world, that he came for the sole purpose to save you. It's what he came for. He didn't come to give you a bunch of rules he didn't come to come get you a bunch of rituals. He didn't come so you could just go to church. He came to be with you, to free you from the bondage of your own sins. This is why Jesus came as a baby. He came not only as a baby, but he lived a life of perfection, unblemished, did not sin. Why? So that he could be your perfect substitute. That Jesus did things you and I couldn't do. Like, he understands what it's like to be a six-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 17-year-old, 25-year-old. He understands the temptations and the pressures, and he understands all that. And I want you to listen to me very closely. The greatest gift you can get this Christmas is not wrapped under a tree. It hung on a tree. That is the greatest gift that you and I can get this Christmas. See, Jesus didn't come to give you a holiday from your work. He came to give you a holiday from your sins. That's what he came for. And this is what this whole celebration, this whole season that we celebrate it. We celebrate the gift of salvation. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. Watch this. How do we get this gift? Well, it says, God saved you. That's huge. You might want to underline that. That's very important. Because oftentimes we have bought into this lie that we save ourselves. It's the whole reason why people don't show up to church and they run from church is because they think that the only way that they're accepted in a church is if they clean themselves up. But that's like saying you're not going to go to the ER because you need to fix your broken bone before you go see them. Come on, somebody. You get in a wreck. You're going to go to the ER, and I'm sorry, you're bleeding everywhere, but that's okay. So guess what? Spiritually, you are welcome to bleed on our carpets today because we ain't saving you, but Jesus is. And Jesus will clean you up. This is what God saves you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for it. You ain't that good. Watch, because it's a what? Say it. Come on, you need to say that. It's a gift. It's a gift from God. It's a gift from God. A gift from God. Listen, a gift ceases to be a gift when you try to pay it back. So tomorrow, your family member gives you a gift, and you go, how much was it? $30? 
15. You are cheap. You cheap for me. No. <laughs> right? You, as soon as you try to pay back the gift, it is no longer a gift. It's no longer a gift. It says it's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Listen, I'm excited you're in church today, but you don't get like check mark, you know, extra rewards in heaven for going to our Savior's church on Christmas. Like you don't get reward in heaven for, for any of that. This is, salvation is, is a free gift. Any of y'all ever been to, a, um, been to a restaurant? I've had this happen a couple times where you've been to a restaurant, you know, everybody ordered, everybody ate, and then, you know, you call the waitress, hey waitress, you know, we need our bill, and she comes, walks over, and she says, uh, sir, your bill has been taken care of. How many how you know, first, first thought is, dang, I should have ordered the steak. I mean, I should have ordered the steak. I knew it. They asked for dessert. I should have said yes. I mean, come on. How many know that's what you're really asking? Man. Okay. Well, God bless you. Awesome. And then so you say, well, who was it? And they'll go, doesn't matter. It's taken care of. It's taken care of. And, and how many know that feels weird? Doesn't it? Like you ordered it, you ate it, and yet you didn't have to pay for it. That feels really like, oh, I'm just, that's hard. If any of y'all want to do that for me, just let, I'll receive it though. I just want to let you know. I'm, just, I'm getting used to it. It's not really that hard anymore. I mean, so, so, I'm joking. I'm joking. I try to bless more people than people bless me. So this is, but listen, how crazy would it be if she says, sir, it's already paid for, and you go, I'd still like to pay for it again. How much was it? No, sir, I'm telling you, like, they paid for it and gave me a very generous tip. Like, it's fully covered. Don't worry about it. No, 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 I want to pay for it. You would be a fool, right? The same is the exact same thing that we do with Jesus. Jesus fully paid for your sins. He fully paid. He has, full, he has fulfilled the bill that was on your life. He fully paid it. And for us to try to repay God, how I many know you ain't doing that? You aren't, you're not buying your salvation. There's nothing you can do other than this. Thank you. Thank you. A, a gift ceases to be a gift when you try to pay it back. And salvation is a gift. You receive it from Jesus. Come on, how many of you glad that God gave it to you and you didn't have to earn it? Because listen to me closely. If you're trying to earn your salvation, when have you ever earned it? When is good enough good enough? You'll always live in a perpetual cycle wondering if you did good enough to get you into heaven. You'll get to heaven freaked out, did I do good enough? I'm here today to abolish all of that and give you some confidence when you walk out of this place that Jesus did enough. He paid it all, and all you got to do is believe, confess, and receive what he did for you. And people tell me all the time, well, I have a hard time believing that a good God would send people to hell. God never created hell for people. That was for Lucifer and his angels. The only people who go to hell are the people who try to pay for their own bill. Because Jesus already paid it. So if you just receive God's payment today, well, how do I do that? It's easy, actually. Watch what Scripture says. Romans, Romans says it this way. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, not you might, not you possibly, 
No, you will be saved. And this Christmas, the greatest gift that God could give you was Jesus. The greatest gift that you can give Jesus is you. Is you. Christmas exists because God loves you. He loves you so much and let no one ever determine or tell you differently than that. He loves you so much that, that he came not only as a baby, but he eventually would, would, would be born and grow up to be a, a man who would make the decision. Listen, the Christmas story starts with a baby crying in a manger, but it ends with a man crying on a cross. And that's what it was all for. And this Christmas, the greatest gift you could give Jesus is not to sit in red seats. It's to give him all of you. So we say it like this at OSC. Give us a year. Give Jesus a year. Like if, if you're like, this is, you're just testing the church waters, I understand. But listen, I think you've got to go all in. Come to church as often as much as you can. Get plugged in. Don't just attend church. Be a part of a church. It doesn't even have to be here. Just say yes to Jesus for the next year. Say, Jesus, you know what? I've tried my own way. Which, by the way, how's your way working? Yeah, so let's just go ahead and say, my way don't work. Give God a year. Go all in and see what God can do over the course of the year. It was incredible. Yesterday at our herd gathering, it's kind of one of our last ones for the year. And so I just went around the room and just had guys share, man, what did God do this year? And I had one guy just tell me, I said, what was December 2017? And what was December 2018 like? What's the difference between you? He said, man, 2017 me? <laughs> I was jacked up. I was all over the place. I had addictions. I had habits. I used people. I hurt people. He said, man, I've gone through freedom. I've been in Next Step. I'm on the dream team. God's done so much. 2018, he said, my relationships are better. My relationship with my kids is better. I mean, God has just done so much. He said, I'm so thankful that I made the commitment just to surrender. Just to surrender. 2018 could be a great ending if maybe you end it with just surrender. Maybe 2018 for you was you just trying to do your own thing. I'm just telling you right now, the greatest gift that you can receive is salvation. And you can't really give encouragement, give prayer, and give a second chance until you receive the salvation. Some of you just need to receive it today before you can give it. And so I want to pray for you. Because listen, a lot of people say Jesus is the reason for the season. I agree. He is. But I want to take it a step further. I don't think Jesus is the reason for the season. I think a relationship with Jesus is the reason for the season. Y'all with me? Okay, there's one thing to know about Jesus. Come on, there's another thing to know Jesus. I'm here today because I want you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference this year. But it starts with knowing God. Would you bow your heads all across this place today? The Bible says that God is knocking. Revelations says that Jesus is knocking and he's waiting for us to open the door and to invite him in. The beauty of the God that we serve is he does not barge in to our lives. He knocks and he waits to be invited. John chapter three, a religious, very religious man asked Jesus, how do I get to heaven? 
And he says, if you want to see the kingdom of God and you want to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Just like I have a natural birthday, February 21st is my natural day, I also have a spiritual birthday. And there's many of you in here that you have a natural birthday, but you've never had a spiritual birthday. And it's as easy as ABC. We, we, we A, we admit. We just admit that we're sinners. We're lost without God. Maybe for you, you've been running. You've been doing your own thing, living your own life, and you've just come to the end of yourself. Oftentimes, the greatest gift God can give us is let us to get to the end of ourselves to realize he is all we need. That you would be, just as this verse said in Romans 10, if you will believe in your heart that Jesus died for your sins, he took your shame, your guilt, he took it all, and then see, you confess him as Lord. That God, I'm turning to you, not living for myself anymore. This Christmas, the greatest gift God I can give you is I just want to give you me. And the beauty is that God takes our broken, messed up, lives and he begins to come in and heal and restore and redeem but it starts with surrender if you're here today and you say pastor josh i want a relationship with jesus this christmas season if that's you on the count of three i want you just to shoot your hand up come on be bold one two three if that's you all across this room shoot it straight up straight up one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on. I want you just to pray this with me. You can put your hands down right there where you are, or you want to keep them up. It's up to you. Listen, no priest, no pastor, no church can save you, but only Jesus can. And today I want, you to, I want you to declare this and I want, I want this to come from your heart directly to the heart of Jesus. And I believe as you pray, God's gonna come in. He's gonna flood your life. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and living a life that I couldn't live. You died a death that I deserve to die. Today, I give you my life. Take it. My shame, my sin, my guilt, you died for it. And you rose again to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today I confess, I need you. I surrender my life to you. Come and take all of me. Jesus, be my Lord. Holy Spirit, be my helper. And heaven, be my home. Today, in Jesus' name, amen.